This is ABC Radio Australia. Yours in the Pacific. Resorts, homes and a newly built hospital have been washed away. Communication is down all over the country. Everybody was just rushing after the process. I'm just holding on for dear life here. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. The warnings were going up. The extent to which people took heed of the warnings is another question. Very much a wake-up call. People were prepared and that's why we've got less lives lost than we could have had. People need to know what to do and it's not difficult. We provide the right information to people and they can act accordingly. Pacific Kisimwas. The Pacific Pacific Ufalai must prepare. Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared. Hello and welcome to Pacific Prepared, where the Pacific comes together to share information that can save lives, save loved ones, and save livelihoods. I'm Aaron Carney, and coming up in this episode, you hear what the weather will be, but what will the weather do? Tonga moves to make weather warnings clearer. Creating a national food basket to stop hunger during disasters. And we begin to build our go bag, the kit that can save your life. Disasters may be inevitable, but the loss of your life, your family, your home, your land or your village are not. So let's prepare. hear a warning that says winds will reach 125 kilometers per hour. Can you see in your head exactly what that will look like? What difference would it make to your area if 250 millimeters of rain fell today? Not everyone who hears a weather forecast understands exactly what the numbers and technical terms mean. So as Pacific Prepared correspondent Anasiu Falakayono from the Tonga Broadcasting Commission learned, there is a shift to impact-based forecasting. Not so much what the weather will be, more what the weather will do. She asked Director of Tonga Meteorological Services, Ofa Fa'anunu, what his main focus is now that the official cyclone season is coming to a close. What challenges us the most is the decisions that people make uh, when it comes to preparing themselves for natural hazards. Eh? The information that we provide in terms of warnings, the decisions that people make uh, from, from, from that information that is the most concern to us. When we talk about uh, early warning systems, uh, we can have a good forecast, we can have a good information uh, dissemination, but if the people do not uh, react to it in a, in a proper and correct manner, then it uh, it becomes a, a problem. With what you just said, people's decision is a concern, especially when warnings are issued. What are you doing about it? First of all, we spend a lot of time uh, working on improving our own capacity. Now the effort is uh, shifting towards the improving of the service. And uh, as I mentioned, how the people respond uh, depends a lot on the information that you give. And for a long time, we've concentrated on, on providing weather services. But there's a shift right now in terms of how we provide the information. Uh, and we're looking into what's called impact-based forecasting. Uh, no longer emphasizing too much on, on what the wind strengths are, for example. 
what are the effects that it will be uh, providing to a community uh, in what the people can do about it. Eh? You've been the director of Tonga Med Services for years now. Do you think that people understand the warnings issued from your office? That's a very interesting uh, question. Uh, and it's a question that I always try to, to answer. Are we making a difference in uh, what we do? We've uh, had a few consultations. Uh, with. Right now we are currently uh, doing consultations in, in the outer islands. and These are the questions that uh, we have posed. Are our services uh, that we are providing uh, adequate and enough for uh, the communities? And the feedback that we are getting is that the people are happy with what we uh, what we provide. At the same time, last year's uh, cyclone season, we we got hit by tropical cyclone Harold and cyclone Tino, which uh, created uh, big storm surges, eh? which is uh, sea flooding. And the warnings that were provided, we thought we were quite clear that uh, we would be experiencing tsunami-like uh, sea flooding. And we put it out two, two days in advance. When the thing actually happened, a lot of people were caught in their own homes by the sea flooding. So even though we are getting feedback that we are providing uh, services, uh, better services, but when these things happen, then we start to question, do the people really understand uh, what we are putting out. Eh? So we are working towards uh, uh, looking at, I think different people react to, to different uh, circumstances uh, differently, but the work that we are uh, trying to, to do with the impact-based forecasting, we, we are confident that we, we will provide more understandable uh, products and, and services. And hopefully, uh, because these things have been experienced that uh, and people see with their own eyes uh, what sea flooding can do uh, that, that they, they will uh, react differently from now on now with six months before november the beginning of the new cycling season director what is a message for the public that you would like to emphasize disasters happen uh, at any time even cyclones We've had years that cyclones uh, have happened outside the cyclone season. In May, June, October, this is uh, outside the season. And uh, these are the, the events that can catch people by surprise. Eh? And as we move forward, we're finishing the, the cyclone season uh, this year, we're heading towards the end of the season. Uh, it's important that uh, that the people now look uh, long-term uh, for, for the next cyclone season. As the director of Tonga Med Services, Opa Fanunu said a disaster could happen anytime. Therefore, preparedness is key. No, it's not the time to drop your guard. That's the message there from Pacific Prepared Correspondent Anasiu Falakayono from Tonga Broadcasting Commission and Director of Tonga Meteorological Services, Opa Fanunu. Be informed... Be ready, 
Pacific Prepared. Recently here on Pacific Prepared, we shared the story of women in central Tana in Vanuatu who've been told not to sell their produce at market because of fears their families will go hungry. Flooded gardens mean vital crops are in short supply. The problem has become a daily fear for many Ni Vanuatu and people right across the Pacific. But as Pacific Prepared correspondent Capital FM 107's Heather Meraki discovered, there is a plan to create a national food basket, ensuring that when disaster strikes, families don't go hungry. Mary, a mother of four, only earns money through agricultural produce to make ends meet for her family. Mary Jack from the island of Tana moved to Efate in 2012 to find opportunities to make money to pay for her children's school fees. While Mary and her husband are planting crops and vegetables to sell at the Port Villa market to earn money, they live with fear of when is the next cyclone hitting Vanuatu. Yes, we got some. Yes, I have some worries because when I plant crops, I always have some worry as to when the next disaster will strike to damage my crops and disturb my plants on what I should do with the money I am supposed to earn, especially with school fees. When asked if she also plant other crops to prepare if a cyclone strike, this is Mary's response. Yes, I got someone say I plant sweet potato, manioc and taro because I bury them. Just in case if there is a cyclone, I can still harvest to sell at the market to earn money to support my family. Mary went on to say that she sleeps with worries at night during the cyclone season. I don't have good night rest anymore, especially when I have outstanding school fees to pay and we're in the cyclone season. I get worried that if a cyclone comes and destroys my garden, I will have to find other ways to make money to support my family. While a large percentage of Vanuatu's population depend entirely on subsistence farming and most of Vanuatu's food production is threatened by its exposure to natural disasters and climate change is likely to intensify these threats. The government of Vanuatu and its partners through the Department of Agriculture are working hard to address food security in the country. The Director of Agriculture and Rural Development, Antoine Bravo, said like any other Pacific Island country, food security must be a priority and they are now working with different communities to help them prepare before any disaster happens. Like any other Pacific countries, including Vanuatu, food security is a critical agenda for the national government uh, through the Ministry of Agriculture, Livestock, Forestry, Fisheries and uh, Biosecurity. Under the Department of Agriculture and Rural Development, the department has been uh, implementing uh, various uh, policies and uh, strategies through the work of the Food Security and Agriculture Cluster uh, that uh, oversees the roles and responsibility of uh, responding to any natural disaster during and after any disaster that hits the country. And uh, this uh, food security cluster is a critical uh, working group that uh, looks at uh, pulling all the resources together to address the food and nutrition needs and also promotes the healthy eating uh, diets 
through all the existing networks down to the levels of the rural communities. What the Department of Agriculture is currently doing, uh, uh, firstly, the department is now working closely with the Fonatu Primary Producers Authority to uh, establish a farmers association that would uh, assist the government uh, with food security needs, uh, for instance, uh, supplying of uh, planting materials as well as uh, local food uh, to affected areas. The Department of Agriculture is working with uh, relevant stakeholders to set up a food basket uh, where communities could uh, grow different varieties of uh, root crops and vegetables uh, during peace time. Uh, to access uh, different varieties of planting material uh, during and after any disaster. And this is what the department is currently doing. And uh, just recently we have launched a good Falakakai policy where it set a clear roadmap for different stakeholders uh, to address the different uh, areas of food security, including uh, eating healthy diets, uh, in addressing NCD at the community levels and the department is continuing its uh, work with uh, other stakeholders uh, this year to continue increase production of uh, mainly root crops to ensure that during uh, any disaster uh, the communities are well prepared to have a constant food supply to sustain their livelihood after any natural disaster. Therefore, as director responsible of uh, food security in Vanuatu, uh, it is our duty to demonstrate to the government of Vanuatu and the Pacific countries uh, of the importance of uh, having a healthy population in promoting food security, in promoting healthy eating, as well as addressing other social issues, including uh, compacting uh, NCD that has been uh, affecting most of the communities, and as well as the current new normal with the COVID-19 pandemic challenges. Uh, it is our role to ensure that uh, people have been uh, well informed of what the government is doing and what are the plans ahead to meet the food and nutrition standards of the entire population of Vanuatu. Director of Agriculture and Rural Development, Antoine Ravo, telling Capital FM 107's Heather Meraki about the Vanuatu government's plans to tackle the growing problem of disasters cutting food supplies across the archipelago. It was a terrifying night. Everything was shaking and getting pounded by debris. We had to make sure they have a safe shelter and drinking water. Helping you stay safe, Pacific prepared. Over the next few episodes, we're going to help you build a kit, a potentially life-saving kit. Sometimes it's called a bug-out bag, a grab bag, a perk, or even a battle box. But we will be calling them go-bags. A go-bag means you are ready to go in an emergency. Here's Nelson Noma from NBC Papua New Guinea to get you started on your go-bag. Helping you stay safe. Pacific Prepared. When disaster strikes, you may have to evacuate quickly 
and be away from your home for some time. So disaster authorities recommend making a kit with some essential items you will need if you have to flee your home. These are most commonly known as go bags. Your go bag should be brightly colored and easy to carry. Something like a large sports bag or backpack. Some go bags have a lot of items and can be quite expensive. Some costs almost nothing. Each episode, we will explore another item for your go bag and you can decide if it is right for you and how you can make it work. What if disaster strikes at night and you have to leave your home? You will need light. Make sure your go bag has a torch or a light. If you can find a wind-up torch, great. If your light needs batteries, do not store them in the torch. Keep them separate or they might go flat. Every six months, check your batteries. Every go bag should have a light. What about others around you? The elderly? The frail? Those with a disability? Do they ever go back? Can you help them? Listen in next time for another item that will help make you ready to go. This information has been drawn from various sources, including the Red Cross, the United Nations, and government agencies. Be informed, be prepared, Pacific prepared. Nelson Noma from NBC Papua New Guinea helping you get started on your go bag. Who will make the go bag in your family? Who would know where your family's most precious items are? Who would know what food you have? Where the children's clothes are? I think if we're being honest, the answer will almost always be the woman, the mama, the mothers, the main Mary. So it makes sense that when we focus on disaster preparedness, Women are at the centre of every plan. And as Pacific Prepared correspondent Bernadette Carrion discovered when she sat down with the Vice President, Minister of State and Chair of the National Emergency Committee, Geraldine Udul-Sengnabau, Palau has taken precisely that approach and they feel confident in the face of disaster. I want to um, highlight a document, and it's called the National Disaster Risk Management Framework. This framework has guided the work of uh, the National Emergency Committee, um, and I am still currently the president of uh, Center for Women's Empowerment, the Bello. And, and the vision of uh, the Center for Women's Empowerment Palau uh, is to promote uh, women of Palau's and to empower them to be able to take care of their homes and their children in times of disaster. 
So I was able in 2018 to collaborate with uh, the National Emergency Management Office and several other uh, government organizations and, and non-governmental agencies. And what we did through a grant from the UN Women Office is uh, we went out to the communities, to those ones that were particularly affected by Typhoon Bofa and Typhoon Haiyan. And our eight states, actually. And what we did was we went through, and although the training was specifically focused on women, we opened it up to all community members on how to prepare for uh, disaster. You know? So we were able to equip them with the necessary information to uh, be able to take care of themselves during, uh, before, during, and after a disaster. What? Is your greatest concern about disaster preparedness and what do you wish people to understand about disaster preparedness? In talking with uh, Director, Executive Director Wai Mintawai, um, the greatest uh, concern is just being able to reach the outlying islands, particularly the southwest uh, islands, because of their remoteness uh, and uh, although we that we'll be, be able to use radio to communicate with them, just their distance makes transportation very inconsistent. How to be able to better provide them with support and to should uh, they encounter uh, a disaster so far out. And what we'd like to see is to be able to, uh, in terms of disaster preparedness, is to be able to continually provide information to the communities to better prepare them. I think that's, that is the key to uh, be prepared, is just to be well informed about uh, what kind of things uh, or steps we need to take uh, to prepare ourselves. So um, I was very thrilled about the recent uh, training because it really took uh, uh, gender into looking at it uh, uh, in terms of managing disasters. Because as we know, goal five of the SDGs, Sustainable Development Goals, is specifically focused on gender. So we need to be able to accommodate the needs of this uh, community. Uh, when we did our training or the workshop back in 2018, we had a small Tupperware that had essential items in it that were given to families of vulnerable uh, families, uh, the elderly people who were homebound, who were disabled, to prepare them. So it had flashlight, it had canned foods. Uh, What was missing, and I'm really glad that the gender lens uh, would be able to assist, is that there were no pads for menstruating women. Um, there was no diapers for babies and adults. And I think uh, through this recent training, we can now really see and accommodate the needs of the, the communities that we are serving. Those kind of came out as uh, really things that we need to include in the preparation kit. It seems that Palawans have, are ready for a disaster. Is there... The culturally, traditionally, Palawans are used to 
mm. disasters. Yes, we are actually are safe or to fend for ourselves in disasters. And it's kind of sad that uh, in in thinking about that, I remember World War II when he came to Palau through stories from my father. You know, they were able to, they lived in caves and they were able to stay alive uh, and fend for themselves and find food. So I, yes, Palauans are resilient and they're able to survive through uh, disasters. I, growing up, there were, you know, we're also in a typhoon zone here. So growing up, I, I do recall several typhoons coming through. And the reason why it was so important to go out and talk to women, whereas the men from the communities are the ones who go out to clear the roads, rebuild the houses, rebuild the community centers, it's the women who have to come up with the food to care for the elderly, care for the children. So this training that went out the, in 2018 to the communities was to kind of give them that sense of uh empowering them to say we can do it we are able to uh, take care of our families and provide their food uh, but yes I think as resilient people we can still get the tarot we can still get fruits that uh, to feed the families during those times of disaster that is the Vice President of Palau, Senator Jolene Udu Sengnabau, who is also Minister of State and Chair of the National Emergency Committee speaking with Bernadette Carrion. Ten minutes after the earthquake, we had a loud bang and then just saw the sea rising up. Know what to do. Know what to do. Know what to do. Pacific Prepared. Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. Do you have a story idea, an experience to share, a topic you'd like covered? Contact us anytime via email pacificprepared at your.abc.net.au. That is pacificprepared at your.abc.net.au. Pacific Prepared is produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, PWFM, One Nomo Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, and TBC Tonga. Hear us in Palau Friday mornings, 7 o'clock local time on PWFM. 7.30 Saturdays, POM time on NBC National Radio PNG. In Honiara, Friday morning, 9.30 and 11.30 Saturday morning on FM 107. In Tonga, you'll hear Pacific Prepared 3 o'clock Saturday on Radio Tonga 1 and 2. And catch us on Capital FM 107 Vanuatu and FM 97 on Saturday morning at 8 and Sunday night at 7pm. We're also available via shortwave on Radio New Zealand Pacific. Friday night, 7 o'clock PNG time, Radio Australia's One Talk Show is followed by a Pacific Prepared. Listen on 7245 kHz on the 41-metre band. Here are Saturday morning in the Central Pacific at 9.30 Fiji time, 13840 kHz in the 22-metre band. 
And Monday morning, Pacific Prepared plays at 9.10 Fiji time on 13.840 in the 22-metre band. And you can pick up that broadcast through the Solomon Islands, Vanuatu, Fiji, Samoa, and hello to the Cook Islands. To be understood across territories, we are broadcasting in English, but listen to your local network for local language translations. You can stream all our episodes on the internet. Head to abc.net.au forward slash radio dash Australia or just type Pacific Prepared into a search engine. Please share what you learn here with your family and friends and help them to tune in. We want to help you make the next disaster less disastrous. Thank you to our guests correspondents and contributors, government and non-government agencies who provided emergency and disaster information and support to this program. And thanks most of all to you for listening. My name is Aaron Carney. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, please stay safe, share what you have learned here, and together we can help get the Pacific prepared.